from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to the first Kennedy Classics of 2018, and Happy New Year. Be sure to take some time to visit our ministry website, where you can find all kinds of great digital, audio, video, and print resources. It's all available online at djkm.org. I personally am a believer in long engagements. Many young people who fall in love and quickly become engaged tend to jump into marriage without fully knowing one another. The benefits of a long engagement are rather simple. You can take the time to see your future spouse's true character. One of the ways to discover their character is during moments of stress or even adversity. Maybe it happens while navigating through a hectic airport on a stressful and taxing road trip. Or maybe it's the death of a loved one that reveals your partner's true self. As James Lane Allen once said, adversity does not build character, it reveals it. When it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, even though we may try, there's no way to hide our true character from him. He already knows our true character because he created it. So where can we get true character? There is much we can learn about our own character and the destiny that Jesus Christ has called us to in the story of a tragic hero from the Old Testament. Dr. Kennedy strengthens our faith in his message, Character and Destiny. And now if you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Judges in the Old Testament, Chapter 16, this is the famous story of the downfall of Samson. Chapter 16, verse 15, may we hear the word of God. Delilah has been deceived by Samson in her efforts to ply from him the secret of his strength three times, but she has not given up. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. 
and she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and he did grind in the prison house. And may God speak to us today through this famous story from Holy Writ and may God's name ever be blessed. Amen. He was remarkable in so many ways. His birth was announced by an angel. He was to be a Nazarite, separated unto God. No razor was to touch his hair and no strong drink was to touch his lips. He was to be consecrated wholly unto the Almighty. The purpose, he was to deliver his people, Israel, from the tyranny of the Philistines, from the children of Crete that now lived in the land. And this was his great undertaking, and he did it for 20 years. Sometimes we know nothing about Samson except Samson and Delilah. But for 20 years he judged Israel. There's more written about him than any of the other judges in the book of Judges. And yet it's interesting that all we remember him for is his encounter with Delilah. You see, Samson had two major character flaws. The first one was that he had an eye for the women. And the second was that he had a self-confidence which caused him to flirt with temptation. Now, if ever a man could say that he had a right to be self-confident, it was Samson, the strongest man that ever lived. Why, with the jawbone of an ass, he slew a thousand Philistines. Now that was a man's man, to say the least. Heaps upon heaps with a jawbone of an asp have I slain a thousand Philistines. And yet one little woman overwhelmed him. The Bible calls us to be confident, but Christ-confident, God-confident, not self-confident. Confident, you remember, means with faith. And when we have faith in ourselves, we're leaning on a broken reed which will no doubt pierce our hand. Samson thought he had every reason to be confident in himself, and so he flirted with temptation. All of his trouble came from flirting with temptation. And you know, that could be said of a lot of us here. He was to deliver his people from the Philistines, but all of his trouble came when he went to Philistia. And he visited the various cities of Philistia, and every time he got into trouble, first he fell in love with a woman that pleased him well and married her, and that led to all sorts of problems. And then, again, he met a harlot and uh, 
There he lost his consecration, almost lost his life, were he not able to pick up the huge gates and bars of the city where they had barred him in to kill him in the morning and take them several miles up a hill and plant them at the top of the hill to demonstrate his strength and his contempt for the Philistines. But then he met and loved a woman in the Valley of Sorek, we're told. Now, where was the Valley of Sorek? Well, that is and was a valley that goes right down from Jerusalem right to where would you guess? You got it. Philistia. And not only that, it was wine country. The last two places that Samson should ever have been. But he could handle himself. There was nothing too difficult for Samson until he met Delilah, that is. And she apparently was a Philistine, though that is never said. And the lords of the Philistines came and said, when they realized that he loved her, find out wherein his great strength lieth, that we may bind him and that we may afflict him. And so Delilah said, tell me, I pray thee, where thy great strength lieth and wherein thou might be bound. Well, Samson was not utterly a fool, and he'd already been uh, deceived by one woman. You remember when his wife told the Philistines the secret to his riddle, Samson was furious and said, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you had not known my riddle. And he went out and slew 30 Philistines to get the garments that he had promised if he lost. And he said, if you bind me with seven widths that have never been dried, then I shall be weak and as any other man. And so she thus bound him, and then she cried out while he was asleep, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awakened, stood up and shook himself, and broke the seven widths as if they were tow that had touched the fire, we're told. And the Philistines fled, as was their custom in the presence of Samson. And she said to him, Thou hast mocked me and hast lied to me. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherein lieth thy great strength? Hmm. And Samson said, well, now if you bind me with ropes that have never been occupied, then I shall be weak as other men. And so she bound him thus and cried again, the Philistines be upon thee. And he broke them as thread and they fled once more and then again a third time. Till now, finally, Delilah is getting very upset. And she says to him, how canst thou say that thou lovest me? when thou hast mocked me and deceived me and hast not told me where thy great strength lieth. Now come on, Sammy Punny, tell me. <laughs> and with all of the wiles of a well-experienced woman, she plied from him after, we're told, she vexed him with her words day and night until she vexed him nigh unto death, and at length he told her all his heart. Now that was pretty stupid. So we see that in spite of his great strength, 
he lacked good moral discernment in ever telling her something like that and fell into a trap that even a schoolboy might have had enough sense to avoid. And then she cried once more, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson! And he awakened and he said, I will arise and shake myself and go forth as before. And then this ominous statement, And he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. How many others since then who have made their vows and broken them and knew not that the Lord had departed from them. And they took him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass and setting him, set him to grinding out corn in the mill. You know that unforgettable phrase of Milton's Eyeless, eyeless in gazer, grinding at the mill. But then, in the midst of utter, total despair, there came that ray of hope. But his hair began to grow. And so, his strength returned. While above, in the great temple of Dagon, the fish god of the Philistines, these sons of Kaphtor, these children of Crete that now lorded it over the Israelites. In this great amphitheater-like temple, which was round in shape with a ceiling upon which there now were 3,000 of the commonality while the lords and ladies and dukes and duchesses of Philistia sat in the seats beneath to watch the spectacle in the middle. And when they had drunk well of the grape, they called for Samson to be brought forth to make sport for them. And so he came. This one who had destroyed an army of Philistines with a jawbone of an ass now was led forth by a little lad and made sport for the Philistines. And no doubt the most painful agony of his darkness was the fact that he knew that he had broken his vow and that he had caused the enemies of God to triumph and to make mockery of his Lord. But at length, Samson said to the young lad, Show me where are the twin pillars that hold up the temple, for he obviously had been there before and knew that of the many pillars that held up this great temple, there were two central ones upon which the most of the weight stood. And so he found the two pillars and he leaned against them and bowed his head while the people mocked and laughed and said, Look at the great Samson, the mighty one who cannot even now stand up without leaning against the pillars of the temple. But Samson was praying, and he said, O Lord, just this once I pray, restore my strength that I may be avenged of the Philistines for my eyes. And finding the pillars, he placed one hand upon one, and the other hand upon the other 
and he bowed himself and with all his might he pushed and those pillars trembled and then tumbled down and the great crash was heard for miles around and amidst the shrieks and howls and cries of the people great blocks of marble came tumbling down and whole walls crashed in upon the lords and ladies of Philistia and amidst the cries of agony the dukes and duchesses of the Philistines perish in the rubble in which was found also the body of the mighty Samson. Now his life was a great tragedy. And what can we learn from this life which had such great potential which went awry? Well, in a certain way, he was a picture of Christ, a very, very imperfect picture. But Christ also had his birth announced by angels. He also was consecrated unto God. He also had a great calling. His calling also was to deliver the people of God, not from the tyranny of the Philistines, but from the tyranny of sin. And yet Christ never violated his vows. He never compromised his consecration but lived a spotless, sinless life all of his days. And on that day when he too, there in the temple of the devil upon a cross, with outstretched arms, Christ, that greater than Samson, pressed upon the columns that upheld the very kingdom of evil, and with a mighty push they went down. And Christ did what he came to do. He destroyed the works of Satan. Samson is also a better picture and type of every Christian. We too have been chosen by God. We too have been called to a high and noble calling. We too have been consecrated and set apart unto God to a holy life, to a God who has said, Come ye apart. And be ye separate, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and I will be a God unto you, saith the Lord Almighty. And we have a great and glorious calling as well, to deliver people not from the tyranny of the Philistines, but from the tyranny of sin and the eternal death that awaits them. We have not the might of muscle that Samson have had, but we have something more powerful. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God, the dunamis, the dynamite of God. And yet, tragically, like Samson and unlike Christ, too many of us have violated our vows, have compromised our consecration, have flirted with sin, and have fallen before it. The Bible is very clear about temptation. There is a theological word that, that describes what we're supposed to do about t temptation, and I want you to, to remember it. I want you never, ever to forget it. It's not all that difficult. I think it should be understandable by everyone. 
and that is whenever you are confronted with temptation, remember this word. Run like crazy. Flee temptation, the scripture says. Flee youthful lusts. But how many people have supposed that they could flirt with temptation? How many among the army of addicts to alcohol, tobacco, drugs, have thought they could flirt with temptation? (laughs) It will never get the best of me. And they have fallen ignominiously on their faces before it. How many have flirted with sexual temptations and found themselves falling headlong into an abyss of sin that has ruined their life? Yes, we have compromised our consecration. And consequently, we have missed out on the high calling that God has given to us. Moody said that give me ten men that love nothing but God and hate nothing but sin and I'll change the world. And I believe that right here in this church there are enough people if we were wholly sold out to Christ, if we loved nothing but God and hated nothing but sin, we could change this world. How is it with your consecration, my friend? Have you compromised it? I wonder how many here who are like Samson, who wist not, who knew not that the Lord had departed from him. Ah, my friend, are you missing out on the great call, the great purpose that God has for you? You are an ambassador plenipotentiary, fully endued with a power greater than Samson to a calling higher than his. Ah, my friends, let us not, like Samson, because of dalliance with sin, fail of our calling as well. May we pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that those here today who have known thy grace, have experienced that consecration and setting apart, but who have flirted with sin and fallen before it and now have indeed compromised their consecration to thee, that you will cause them to lift up their eyes unto the cross before the hand of chastisement falls upon them to repent and to return unto thee, that they might experience the high calling which thou hast for them. And Lord, for those here that have never known him, who have never known his mercy and grace and forgiveness, that they may say, Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. I am a sinner and have grieved thee by 10,000 falls. I now place my trust in you and and invite you to come in and take over my life. These things I ask, O Christ, in thy holy name. Amen. 
I hope you just prayed that prayer with Dr. Kennedy. And if you did, we have a special book that we'd like to send you. It's called Beginning Again. As you read it, you'll gain a fuller understanding of the commitment that you've just made today. And it will help you begin to grow in your new faith as you're encouraged and strengthened by what you read. To receive your copy of Beginning Again, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. What a great way to begin the new year. God bless you. I hope you can see that the story of Samson is a great picture of every Christian. We were chosen by God. We have been consecrated and set apart unto God to live a holy life. But while we may fail and succumb to temptation, we ultimately must rely on Christ for our strength, knowing that our future is secure through Him. Our Christ-formed character will determine our destiny. And as a nation, we're suffering from a deficit of character. We at D. James Kennedy Ministries are going to be extremely active in 2018, standing for truth and defending your freedom. And I implore you to take a stand for freedom with us. You can start out by contacting us to take the Spiritual State of the Nation survey. We need to hear from you about which issues are the most important to you. Contact us to get your survey as soon as possible. Fill it out and return it to us right away to make your voice heard on the most vital issues we face. To request your survey, simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 888-332-3069, or go online to djkm.org. And when you do, please prayerfully consider making a generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. As our thanks for your donation, we will send you the brand new book, Let Freedom Ring, featuring chapters from William J. Federer, Dr. Peter Lilbach, Dr. Jerry Newcomb, former U.S. Representative John Hostetler, Dr. Kennedy, and me, among others, detailing America's founding principles and where we've gone wrong, this important book points the way forward to reclaiming our freedom. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $60 or more, we will send you Let Freedom Ring plus the original U.S. Congressional Handbook. This one-of-a-kind guide presented by the D. James Kennedy Center for Christian Statesmanship includes crucial information on each member of Congress, contact information for their key staffers, and it equips you with everything you need to know to be responsible and active in the cause of biblical truth. Contact us right away to receive your Spiritual State of the Nation survey to let your voice be heard. And please consider including a generous donation so we can send you the new book, Let Freedom Ring, as our thanks. And for a generous donation of $60 or more, we'll send you the book, Let Freedom Ring, plus the original U.S. Congressional Handbook. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 
3069 or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.